When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Hey there. Welcome to True Crimes Against Wine. Sidebar episode. So I hear you have got a question for me today. I do. So this question comes from Hattie Caddy. Hi, Hattie Caddy. They want to know, how do you infuse liquor? Oh, I actually appreciate that reminder because in one of our recent sidebar episodes about Mm -hmm. garnishes, we did briefly touch on how you can infuse liquors Mm -hmm. and- Forgot about it? We forgot. So good follow-up question, Hattie Caddy. Yes, (laughs) yes. We are bad with our follow-through, so thank Mm -hmm. you for taking us to task. Okay. Okay, so infusing- Liquor is actually a pretty simple process in and of itself. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of things that you have to kind of like think about and be aware of as you're going through that process and planning it. Okay. So I'm going to kind of walk you through some basics about it. Mm. And then I've also got some like do's and don'ts for you as well. Okay. So the first thing that I want to say is a mistake that a lot of people make is that they get whatever kind of liquor. Usually it's a favorite kind of liquor of Mm -hmm. theirs. And they infused the whole thing and then they didn't really know what they were doing and now you're out that 40 bucks and you've ruined the whole bottle of liquor. So keep in mind that for the most part, you can really do this on a small scale first to just kind of experiment and see if you're getting the flavors right. So even using like one cup of liquor and doing kind of a small batch. Okay. I would recommend doing that if it's your first time ever okay. trying to infuse so something. So like work up to doing a whole bottle. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. makes sense. The other thing that you need to think about doing right away is have a special like journal or notebook that you mm-hmm. keep with you for this particular purpose and document every single thing that you're doing because mm. the last thing that you want is to, after trial and error and experimentation, be like, I did this. It's so great. And then tell your friends about it. And then the next time you want to, like, infuse something to have them over. And you're like, I don't know what I did. I have no idea. Okay. So keep track of all of those mistakes and successes Mm -hmm. and make sure that you're documenting the ratios that you're using as Mm. well. That's very, very important. So it's more like baking and less like cooking in that regard? In that regard, yeah. The ratios really do matter. The time period that you're infusing everything really matters, which Mm. I'll talk about more in a second. Yeah. When it comes down to the nitty-gritty and practical actual application here, the two questions that you need to be thinking about right off the bat Mm -hmm. are, first and foremost, how bold and complex are both the spirit that you're wanting to infuse And also the flavors that you're thinking about putting into it. Okay. And then the second leads naturally from there as a follow-up is will those flavors clash? Mm. For instance, if you're dealing with like vodka, vodka is such a neutral spirit that it can really take on so many different things. You're not really going to have anything clashing with that. But if you're doing something like whiskey or bourbon Mm. and you're like, oh, I want to make like a cucumber bourbon, that's not going to work. Oh, that doesn't sound good. It's not going to work. It's (laughs) just not even going to like 
taste, it, it completely overpowers the cucumber. Yeah. You need like bolder flavors. Think about spices, citrus, things like that. So things that complement each other. Yeah, you okay. really want those complementary flavors going on. All right. You also want to make sure that at least when it comes to things like herbs and fruit and things like that, mm -hmm. that you're going as fresh as possible. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Try and avoid anything that's artificial flavors. Don't ever do those store-bought lemon or lime juices, things like that. That's, no, that's mm -mm. a no-go. Another thing that you need to think about is exactly how you're prepping. Like with herbs, for instance, mm -hmm. you want to use them whole, including the stems. Interesting. Which is okay. great because you're not having to do a lot of prep at all. Right, okay. For vegetables, you want to leave the skins on and then chop them very coarsely. Okay. Citrus is best when it's sliced really thin. Okay. Or if you just use the zest. Okay. And one thing to think about with that is the less surface area of the liquor, mm -hmm. the better infusion you're going to get. But vice versa with your citrus fruit. Like that's why you do the thin slices rather oh, okay. than like chopping it or something okay. is to like really, Interesting. you're, you're getting right. both the skin there as mm -hmm. well as the pith and everything. Okay. With fruit that has soft skin, like peaches and apples, mm -hmm. you want to leave the skin on, remove the pits and the seeds and then chop it coarsely. Okay. With berries, you just remove the greenery and then put it in a whole berry. Yeah. Okay. Peppers, you want to remove the seeds mm -hmm. and then chop coarsely. I'm not kidding when I say remove the seeds. Okay. Otherwise, like, not drinkable. The amount of times, that, especially if you're using, like, jalapenos or serranos or something. Okay. Holy fucking shit. Okay. You don't need that. And and the, what do you call the, like, white membrane inside of the, the pepper? The white stuff. Yeah. That part actually oh, okay. has the most of the, like, pectin spicy flavors oh, really? to it. Yeah. So if you're just using that, you're good to go. You don't have to also have the seeds in there. Mm, okay. Because that shit will, it, it'll tear you up. <laughs> With ginger, you're just going to peel it and then slice it thin. And okay. with vanilla, you want to split that lengthwise and put it in. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is with spices. You want to break those up with a mortar and pestle first to really kind of get those aromatics coming out. Okay. If your spices haven't, like it, a lot of people will keep spices for years and years and they kind of start to sure. lose their flavor. Yeah. So one thing you can do is just lightly toast them. And that's going to revitalize them a little okay. bit. Might be good for like a winter cocktail. Absolutely. There's a lot yeah. of different things. Just from personal experience, and I know this probably sounds really obvious to a lot of people. It was not for me the first time I did this. Don't use powdered dried spices. Okay, that was going to be my question. Like dried spices are a no-go. This is this, a no-go. Right? It, okay. is, it is not like tang where you pour the powder in <laughs> and it dissolves and like you're good Crystal to go. Light. It just kind of like clumps up and then you Ew. end up like having really powdery, gritty. Like you don't want texture in your... No. <laughs> you don't. At least not that kind of texture. No. So learn from my mistakes. Okay. Then it comes to timing. The fun thing about this is that it's really forgiving and easy. This isn't okay. something like that turns into a time capsule mm. where you close it up. You're not supposed to mess with it. And then if you open it before it's time, it's completely ruined. You can taste this daily. Mm. So what you're going to want to do is once you've figured out your flavor and your liquor pairing, which mm -hmm. by the way, as you're doing this too, try not to use more than two or three flavoring ingredients. Otherwise, mm -hmm. everything just starts to kind of fight with each other. Mm. You're also at that point potentially dealing with a lot of different ingredients that have different timings and it can be really okay that's more advanced so when you start out you want to try and keep things as simple as possible okay like one ingredient max one or two okay. i would say okay. and then as you get better at it you can start to 
like as you're tasting and opening it up, then add in another ingredient that doesn't take as much time as the first ones that you did and things like okay. that. But yeah, I would advise you to, you know, put this in a sealable mason jar or mm. something like that. Okay. Shake it up mm. really good. And then you just leave it either on your countertop or inside of a kitchen cabinet. You just want to keep it away from like heat in the sun. Okay. I was going to ask about sunlight. So yes. no direct sunlight. Because that just is going to end up like weakening everything and okay. you don't want to start like a separate fermentation. That's not what we're going okay. for here. Okay. So in terms of timing, and I will post this in the comments for this episode as well. Yeah. So you have a visual aid, but with herbs, hot peppers, vanilla beans, ginger, cinnamon, or citrus, it really only takes one to three days. Oh, and okay. yeah, anything more than that, you're going to start to get a lot of bitterness going on. It's, it's not going to take that fresh component that you're really mm, wanting okay. and it's just it's going to overwhelm everything okay and that is especially the case if you are using hot peppers seriously taste it after that first day because a lot of times it really only takes the 24-hour period for you to really get that good infusion okay. and that's depending on your preferred level of heat mm-hmm. but just just don't forget about like it like air on the side of caution air on the, yeah go okay. and taste it and see what you okay. think and then go from That's there but don't leave it more than three days for sure because at that point it's not even about the spice level it's about the flavor and you're mm. just not getting that good flavor anymore okay. when it comes to things like melons or sweet peppers mm. berries and stone fruits you're going to want to do like a three to six days okay with cucumbers veggies apples and pears that's going to go five to seven days. Mm. And then for most dried spices, you're going to want to allow eight to 14 days. So that's a okay. much longer thing. So for instance, if you were going to want to do, let's say, apples, cinnamon, and cardamom, mm-hmm. all three of those are going to have a little bit of a different cycle. You know, the mm-hmm. the apple is going to want to be in there for about five to seven days, but you want to keep the dried spices eight to 14 days. And so this is why it's really important for you to be tasting as you're going so that you can say, okay, I think that I'm getting a nice dried spice infusion here. Now maybe we can like play around with the apple mm. and things like that. Okay. So I'm going to read you some don'ts, just things to kind of think about as you're <laughs> okay. you're going through this. Interesting. All right. The first one I kind of touched on at the beginning, which is making too much. And this is a mistake a lot of people make when they first start out. And like mm-hmm. I said, what you're running the risk of is just wasting a large amount of liquor that you paid good money for when really the reality is you can shorten that learning curve by just making kind of smaller things. And you can even have simultaneous ones going at the same time using the same liquor and ingredients just to kind of figure out what works best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So label the jars, I would say, if you do that. Right? Yes, definitely label the jars. Make okay. sure that you're documenting, like I said, in your yeah. notebook, kind of what's working and what's not. The other don't that I touched on is steeping for too long. Mm-hmm. For instance, if you're leaving cardamom in a rye for too long, then it's all you're going to get is bitterness. Mm. If you leave strawberries in vodka for too long, it's just going to be like you're tasting perfume. It's not. Yeah, it's you're not getting the flavors of the berries and that no, freshness. That's, that's not what you're aiming for. Some ingredients, like if you're using tea, for instance, mm-hmm. Or like I said, those hot peppers, depending on your flavor that you're going for and how much strength, sometimes an hour or two can be enough really? to get what you're going for. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you're not wanting to overwhelm with spice again. You want to still have like the flavor of the peppers or right. the tea. And right. tea, is, tea, as you know, can get really bitter oh, yeah, um, and tannic yeah. the more that you steep yeah. it. Another mistake is not straining well enough because you mm. are going to want to strain these. And what I would say is I usually strain... 
using both a fine mesh strainer and a cheesecloth. So I okay. like I'll have whatever vessel I'm trying to strain this into. I'll cover that with the cheesecloth with kind of like a little inverse dip, mm-hmm. you know, into mm-hmm. it. And then I'll strain through a fine mesh strainer onto the cheesecloth. Would a coffee filter work? You could do a coffee okay. filter. It takes a little bit more patience okay. to do it that way. And you run a risk of overfilling or overflowing. Oh, yeah. Spelling out. Okay. So that's how I do it. But, you know, whatever okay. works for you. Mm-hmm. But you're going to want to do that at least twice to make sure that you're getting oh, everything okay. out. Because what's going to happen is you're going to end up with like little pieces of it. And not only is that going to end up, you know, getting in your glass and being an unpleasant thing to drink. Yeah. But also it runs the risk of mildew and mold within no you don't want that yeah so that can lead to food poisoning and things like that so you just want to be really really careful another thing that people run into sometimes is not storing it properly Mm -hmm. so like i said air and heat as well as those little bits of produce that are left over Mm. those are going to be the things that you really want to watch out for so you're trying to store it in the smallest possible airtight sealed container that makes sense again you want as little air in that container as possible so even as you're serving if you end up using up half of your batch you might want to transfer that into a smaller container if you need to yeah but even like tupperware or those little like round to go containers you get like when you get like indian food and things like that that can work so you know you don't have to go out and like buy a bunch of like special equipment for this room temperature is fine for most things but honestly if you are concerned at all you can keep it in the fridge that's not gonna hurt anything is it safer to keep it in the fridge for some things it can be okay if you have room in the fridge, I would say just do that because most likely what you're going to be doing, unless it's like a hot toddy situation, mm. is doing a stirred or shaken cocktail with these anyway. So right. it's going to be chilled, chilled. by the that end of the day. Sense, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, just really try and keep an eye out for anything that's floating, that looks cloudy or like mold. Okay. And if that happens, throw it out. Okay. Just be safe. Toss it. Yeah. And then the final thing I keep harping on, but I'm going to continue to do it. (laughs) The biggest mistake, honestly, that people make when they're trying to do this is not documenting any of the tweaks or substitutions or things like that that they're doing as they go. I cannot stress to you how important that is because there is nothing worse. And I'm sure any of you at home who like bake or do things like that, you know that once you finally perfected that recipe and you're so proud of it and then you realize that you don't know how to replicate it and you have to go yeah. through the process oh, all over again. Yeah. It's almost like a, you know what, fuck it, I'm never even going to try right. to do this again. It's that level. And you don't yeah. want to do that because this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. So those are some of my my pro tips of do's and don'ts. It really does come down to so much of your personal preferences and what you have fun experimenting with. So I would really love if any of you are trying this at home to share with us on social media what you've come up with, any like really fun flavor combinations too and liquors that you're using that you found are really kind of flexible. That would be super awesome. We'd love to hear it from you. Yeah, please let us know. So you can reach out at True Crimes Against Wine on Gmail, Facebook. Also TikTok. Yes. And? Gmail, Facebook, TikTok, and... Instagram. Yes, got it. I'm like, what are the social medias? (laughs) But yeah, let us know if you have any questions, any feedback, and just keep us updated on what's what's going on with you. Yeah, we'd love to hear what you try. So uh, we'll hear from you soon. And until then. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. Bye.